0: Welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. Welcome back to another episode of Generation Ag. This is... Interview was with Dylan Crane, and Dylan is the managing director of CNE Ag Innovations, an agricultural machinery supplier based in Kewdale, Perth, WA. It's a family owned and operated business. Dylan started CE Ag Innovations with his father in early 2018. They provide sales, service, and parts for hardy sprayers, CGS multi spreaders, and hold up field machinery and research equipment. Dylan is extremely passionate about agriculture in WA, hailing from a farm and small country town himself. He understands and relates to people in the industry and how they work. He aims to provide an alternate solution for farming machinery needs by engaging a partner network of local soil traders and businesses across WA. Uniting a team of independents for local machinery, sales, service and parts has been a great innovation in Western Australia to continue to bring sustainability back to the regions. And we chat about this a lot in this conversation. We also talk about being young business owners and the learnings from that and a lot of challenges and just the potential to see an idea and actually cultivate that to become a business and how that works, as well as talking about the family factors and and how that works within Dylan's business as well. So it was really lovely to get invited out there. I really appreciated Dylan's time and it was awesome to meet all of his family as well and all of their business and see what they get up to on the day-to-day. So let's get into this interview. So Dylan, thank you so much for letting me come to office and joining me on the podcast. Very excited to have you. We'd love to start off with talking about your childhood. So can you tell me a bit about growing up and what your childhood was like?
1: Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I guess I grew up in a small town called Bogart. Um, yeah, on the farm there, me and my two sisters, mum and dad, uh, sort of normal setup, really, like small town, only school of 40. Yeah. Um, yeah, just fond memories, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, love a school of 40. Tell us more about a school of 40. <laughs> what is that like? <laughs>
1: um oh tiny tiny um it was bigger when i started and then like the same trend as agriculture is now it just sort of diminished as we went on Mm -hmm. so i got to the stage when i was year seven i was the only kid in year seven yeah at the school yeah yeah
0: Yeah. that would have been pretty hard and then what about high school what happened where'd you go
1: it was pretty daunting actually because i went from the only year seven at bowl primary to aquinas down in perth here with all boys school of a thousand yeah yeah
0: That would have been pretty big culture shock for you.
1: Uh, It was pretty confronting at the start. Yeah. 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 It took took a little bit of adjusting, but I guess because my older sister had already been in the the scene already um, down here at school, so it was sort of a... Transition that wasn't too bad for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, h- high school—you're in the city, but you come from the country. For you, was ag something that was always instilled in you, and always something that you thought you were going to be in. What did you see through high school that you wanted for a career, or what were you sort of leading towards?
1: Um, I, I was always yeah, always invested in ag. Like, yeah, I-, I had every intention to go farming. Yeah, just with with my dad and my pop. Yeah, pretty well. Yeah. Um. It- it- You know, I loved, I look back really fondly on my memories at boarding school. Yeah. Because I I really loved it. Yeah. Um, I, I always say, I'll go back tomorrow. You know, that you know, how they always tell you like your best years are back at boarding school, everything was done for you.
0: Can't relate. I think it's very different for girls' boarding schools yeah, than yeah. guys because yeah. all of you guys have a little bit of a pack mentality. Like, I bet you're still best friends with all the boys you yeah, went to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yep. very yep. different, but um, yeah, you're not the first one to tell me this, and I don't think you'll be the last. What do you think it is yeah. about go is it about this sort of culture of being around all these sort of boys that have a similar experience growing up? Like, you're all farm boys, like, do- what is it that you really just like?
1: Oh, I think you're just hanging around with your best mates like 24 7 yeah, 24/7, yeah. You know? and really if you consider school as your work you're only working from nine till three that's
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty you knock chill. off
1: you, you go on kicking the footy straight after yeah so, you know that was great
0: yeah totally so you had five years at Aquinas best times of your life and then where did you go after school did you go back to the country or yeah what was your sort of um start of your career path that led you to where you are now
1: yeah so I actually left at it's just before the start of year 12
0: yeah okay yeah
1: yeah so I had a um yeah I got actually voted in as like a house captain as a, as a prefect mm. and then four days before I was meant to go back to school in year 12 I rang up the boarding master and said I'm not coming back
0: wow that's <laughs> yeah. a big decision were you 16 or had you turned 17 no, I
1: was still 16
0: wow yep. what was the thinking behind that
1: uh so I, I've you know Obviously, boarding school's not cheap as oh, it yeah. was as well. Yeah. So that was sort of in the mind, but then um, yeah, I essentially knew what I wanted to do already. Yeah. And then I got offered a job yeah. as an apprentice diesel mechanic. Yeah. And I was just pretty keen. Like, well, I was like, well, uh, yeah. And amongst all that, we were also looking at buying another farm, yeah. right, the neighbour's farm at the time as yeah. well. So me and Dad had a conversation. It was a bit like, well, why don't I just get into this now? Yeah. And I look back now, you know, it was good, good for my career because I I got into it early. But looking back, I probably would have went back and done year twelve. Yeah. You know.
0: Um, Hindsight's a Hindsight yeah yeah, yeah yeah But
1: I guess it makes you Who you are doesn't it
0: Yeah 100% And there would have been Opportunities that happened During that um, Year 12 year That you were out working That happened for the reason Probably for everything To align to where you are now So it's yeah, like Yeah exactly It's exactly. like It's a double edged sword Almost it isn't is, it It is yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah yeah. And you know I wouldn't change anything Like I um. Yeah, I started full-time work when I was 16. Yeah. And then, you know, that had, a cha- had its own challenges at the time. Like, I didn't even have a license. Yeah, for Had to sure. find out ways to get to and from work. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, enjoyed it all, really.
0: Yeah, and what was it like starting the apprenticeship and doing that? Was that when you sort of started to go, oh, this is something I'm really going to want to do? Or, you know, were there areas of that where you weren't so interested in? What was the whole apprenticeship experience like?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, good. A lot of life lessons out of it. Mm. I think, um, yeah, I've never been like, I was never like a grease monkey, you know, like I'm not not into hot cars and rebuilding engines like a lot of mechanics are. Yeah. Um, Because a lot of people think that straight away that you will be like that. But I'm more into agriculture. Yeah. I'm more into farming. So I wanted to to help farm. And that was the best way I could see going to supporting our farm Mm. was me becoming a mechanic. So essentially we could do our own maintenance. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yep. Make you more efficient on the farm and be a good resource, basically. Yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, 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 yep. yep, for yep. sure.
0: So, you did completed the apprenticeship, and what happened after that?
1: Uh, so, completed the apprenticeship, worked, uh, yeah, I would have done, you know, only a few months as a qualified mechanic, and then before I left mm-hmm. full time. Yeah. I um, just didn't really enjoy the dealership experience yep. that much. I, yep. I felt like, um, no no disrespect to any machinery companies, but I just felt like it was, it was rorting the. The end customer a little bit because yeah. quite often you know I was seeing it from both sides like us having the farm and then as a mechanic going out you know sometimes you'd forget the part or not get the right part it's another trip another travel charge yeah um, and then just the end end expense of what was getting charged compared to what was going in the mechanic's pocket yeah it was a bit you know didn't really match that's a bit up how
0: you're going isn't yeah, it? yeah yeah so you, you've yeah. got to
1: work there and go gee something's not quite right yeah. there um so so that's why I left and then pretty well. Sh- you know straight after that i started my own as a sole trader yeah um and how old
0: were you 22 21
1: uh no (laughs) 20.
0: and what was why was it that you were like i'm gonna go and work for myself and not maybe work for you know uh third party mechanical what was that were you always just instilled that you were gonna do your own thing that entrepreneurial mindset
1: yeah i was just invested yeah i was just like why why would i work for someone else when i i can be calling the shots
0: yeah and you just like just went in and you were like yep i know contacts i have the people i'll just start taking on them as clients so you, like what was the thinking behind getting work and yeah. sort of being sustainable yeah
1: yeah i never had like a, a massive um business mind mindset to grow yeah it was more like you know i, I have the relationships with the clients anyway yeah um and you don't, you only have to work so long at a dealership going out to farmers before, they'll be like, well, why don't you just come and do it? Yeah. Why don't you come and do my header repairs yeah. on the weekend or, yeah. you know?
0: So you already had kind of started building up that little bit of clientele. Yeah,
1: a little bit. But then I also knew, like, we had the farm in Bolgart. So yeah. I was like, well, oh, you know, it was perfect because then it gave me the opportunity to do seeding and harvest there. And so it was nearly like a, you know, six months sort of business on the side and then yeah. six months farming, really. Yeah. And then I continued to do that for what, three or four years, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And after the three or four years – what happened then what was sort of happening with you in your career and sort of leading to where you are now uh
1: so yeah essentially we started to i, I started to get you know sick of the mechanicing more so and, and started to move more so towards the farming side yeah um and but then you start to understand a bit more of the farm and the operation and we pretty quickly worked out our farm probably wasn't quite big enough yeah the amount of families living off of it yeah um pulling away so we sort of needed and in in Bolgar, you know it's it's a pretty tight spot to get land. Yeah. So you're sort of one of those stages where you need to either get big or, or probably get out and do yeah. something else.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then at that stage too, I sort of – well, probably previous to that, 12 months or so, I'd sort of fallen into the field research side of things. Yeah. And when I say fallen into it, I, I literally did. Like I just got asked by a, um, a friend's friend that was running a research company if I could come work on his little research harvester. Yeah, for come sure. Coming to the pre-season yeah. stuff. And I yeah. was like – yeah, sure, you know, it's the same as a sure it's the same as a big one. Yeah. Um so I sort of fell into that and then before long I was, you know, other companies, research companies were asked me to do theirs as well and it nearly became a business in itself. Yeah. Um so I sort of started to explain that to dad as well and and then it was wasn't just the header stuff, it was the sprayers and the um cedars and, you know, yeah. everything. They they run the same as a little farm. Yeah. yeah. Um so then there was a business there and I thought we we could probably um capitalize on that a little bit more so yeah um and then yes yeah, so essentially we end up having the conversation around the farm itself and decided to step away from that which was which was pretty hard
0: yeah i'm good ge- I, I, that's why i wouldn't get into that and the research but yep you you've mentioned previously throughout the interview that being on the farm was something that you always wanted to do. How how hard was that decision? I guess probably not just for you, but your dad and your family to say, you know what, we need to step away for the viability of our future of our family.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, probably hardest thing we've ever done. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'd never forget probably the um, and I haven't really spoken about it much, but the clearing sale was probably the you know worst day of my life. Yeah, this far. Yeah, um, but you know we were also. We we just sort of put the emotion aside and said, well, look, let's let's go do something for us and do something else. It's a new challenge. Um, it gives yeah. you know it gives me great enjoyment seeing my mum and dad, you know, being able to learn something else, yeah. and achieve something else, and it's um, yeah, completely new skill set and, yeah. and new environment. It's, look, yeah, I must it's awesome. say,
0: meeting them this morning, they are like super beautiful, bright and bubbly. But you genuinely coming in here, like it just feels like a really lovely place to be, an environment, and yep. That can often not be the time and place how family businesses seem. So I think you've got that really right.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Phew>. <laughs> no, that's right. No, my mum and dad are lovely people. So. Yeah, no, yeah.
0: Th- that's that's really hard when you're running a family business to you know keep everyone happy. So that would have been really hard. So just stepping back before we go any more into that conversation, but mm-hmm. the research side. So that was something you'd never really had a taste for. Coming from that mechanic side, which is completely different to the science based, what was it like getting a taste for that research side?
1: Uh, oh well I still know very little about it. Yeah. I mean, I've been out and seen the trials work and I still, um, yeah, I still I still get great enjoyment out of looking at like trying to learn more about it and, and yeah. asking the agros more more and more yeah which they probably get a bit annoyed at me but yeah you know, it's it's good fun um and just understanding what they want their machines to do like you know they don't they don't get a machine just to do one job they want the machine to be able to do three or four different jobs
0: yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah for sure so you obviously this business just started Naturally, I'd say, or very organically, but tell me about CNA. What do you guys do, and what is the trajectory of your business?
1: Uh, so yeah, and CNA, CNA actually obviously come from my last name. Yeah, it's just missing a couple of letters. Yeah, so that's where it come from. Um, yeah, we, we started with the based around field research essentially, um, and then yeah, we we always had the hope to expand into Broadacre. Yeah, um, and then how that was going to look, we weren't really sure. We were just trying to be adaptable on the way through. Yeah. Um, yeah, so now we do the self-propelled sprays for Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, we also do some trailers and tow but there's obviously other dealers that do that as well. So yeah. we, we primarily focus on the self-propelleds because mm-hmm. we're the only ones in WA that do it. Yeah. Um, and then my, also oh, family business, my cousin's business, CGS engineers in up, they build a range of multi-spreaders. So we do all the sales, service and parts for them as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Smart, working the names in there a little bit. Like, that's really smart. <laughs> and you obviously for you it was always about running your own business and entrepreneurship is clearly something that you are all over when you were leaving the farm and starting to run the business what was that decision that you know your family really backed you did they just see like it all happening organically and your dad and mum were like yeah we see this and we know where it's going but you take the lead like wh- how did that conversation go that you were going to be the one you know running the show and being the director and <laughs> being in charge i guess essentially
1: yeah I, I don't really know i guess it was organic i guess i, I was the one that pitched the idea yeah and was always one driving the force yeah um and you know they were just as they've always have been just completely supportive and just yeah. got behind me and said yeah. yeah let's go let's do it yeah yep
0: that's what every kid i think dreams of and with that having your family what have been some of the biggest things that you've loved like what is great about working with your family every day but also how hard is it because it's not like you're talking to a normal employee (laughs) how how do you work with that and learn are you just you know hoping for the best yeah tell me a bit about that
1: um in terms of like the dynamic
0: yeah Yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah so I guess, it, yeah, like any, it has its challenges. Yeah. But then at the same time, you know, it's always only coming from the um, best interests. Yeah. You know, like, um, yeah, we have disagreements at times, but I, I'd say, you know, the relationship between Dad and I works works really well. Um, if anything, the only drama would be we probably think too similarly sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if, if, you know, he has an idea and I have an idea, it's nearly the same idea. Yeah. And then we're like, geez, what What a good idea. <laughs> like, there's no negatives to this.
0: <laughs> so then Your we mom need, in the corner. Yeah. So. so then
1: we need to, like, try and, you know, consult someone else as well and be like, actually, you know, pull us in the line. What do you reckon? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, in, in, in regards to mum as well, it's quite funny because I just, you know, I can't get upset at her. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get angry at her. Yeah. She just, you know, she just comes from... She has a heart of gold, you know. So yeah. like she, whatever she's doing, she's doing it as um, best of her ability all the time. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And also, how is it managing a team? Because uh, you were on the farm for a bit, but I'm sure your response was wasn't managing a team versus now you are managing a team. How do you do that? How do you learn those skills? Are you just working it out as you go and just sort of doing what feels right intuitively? How do you sort of cultivate that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um i'd say i've always been like a natural leader yeah i think and i think that's probably come from an early age like like i said being going through primary school and being the only the only boy most of the way in my year group until i got to the end of primary school i was the only kid in my year yeah um and then even just through sport you know like footy career throughout the whole career I've, i've always probably found myself in leadership positions yeah so i think that's just maybe something natural that comes um But yeah, I think you know, you just need to be able to listen and learn as well to everyone and then and then have the have your values and your morals set. Um, know what you stand for, yeah, and then and can go forward from there. Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. Yeah, I think that that's definitely something in ag. We're still seeing sort of a lot of people work out logistically because if we we're talking off air before we've come so far in this industry in such a short period of time that it's almost been a lot of overwhelming factors because people were running these smaller businesses and now that there's huge big companies, and it's really good to talk about you know how to communicate and how to be an effective leader. And I would love to know what have been some of the things you've learned the best but some of your best pieces of advice for being a really good leader
1: um oh, like i just said before i think listen yeah yeah yeah. a good leader doesn't need to be the one talking all the time yeah um a good leader sometimes needs to be the one that can listen the most yeah. um and let others talk mm. and then just being able to connect with different personalities yeah understand that everyone is an individual everyone's their own person yeah so they're not going to be just robots and do what you tell them to do yeah um it's more about just listening and connecting and then try and extract the best from them and most of the time you can do that by being the best version of yourself you'll, you'll bring the best version of them out as well yeah yeah for
0: sure do you think that some people are really hard to sort of nurture as growing in businesses or can you can everyone be sort of an employee or can some are some people just only leaders uh no
1: nah, everyone can be everyone can be an employee yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think if you can get a natural leader in your team, it's it's credit to you as well yeah. though, because they'll obviously have their own ideas and how they think things can be run. Yeah. Um, but then again if you can listen and learn from them as well, you know you can always implement something that they have to say as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: I think um, getting getting quality people is, is yeah. what you want to achieve. You yeah. want to get quality people on your team. Yeah. And like, you know, we don't we don't run a massive team, so it's a small business. So yeah. We don't have the challenges of having to deal with too many different personalities, really. Yeah. Um, and then even with like our, what we call it, our partnership network with individual businesses around, like sole traders and small businesses around. The number one criteria is, is just be a good person first. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we really try and sound them out first and not just get anyone yeah. involved. Um, yeah. And then attract them and their whole family. You yeah. know, bring them all along for the ride.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're definitely showing the, the agricultural values, the family values. I think that that's a really interesting point around um, them as a person, rather than looking at their resume and seeing all the quality of work that they've done. Because a genuine person can mean so much more to a business than mm. somebody, particularly in agriculture, especially if you're not from ag you need to be a genuine person just to get along with the people that we're working alongside every day yeah and so yep. yeah i definitely think that that's a really interesting point point. and i guess with that i'd love to know what would be some of the big pieces of advice say somebody younger than you came to you today and said you know how did you get started what are your biggest pieces of advice for starting a ag business that works alongside farmers every day
1: <laughs> yeah, just Good um question, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. Just just have a go. Don't be yeah. afraid to have a go. Give know. it a crack. I think you, you the only thing holding you back is the fear of failure. Yeah. And you can't be, you know, you can't be fearful of that. You're not yeah. you never going to know unless you have a go like yeah. that so so um just have a go, dive in deep and then just hang on. Yeah. I think your first first few years you've just got to really hang on. And then and then stay really adaptable. Yeah like, you know, you you're going to make bad decisions or maybe not bad decisions, but wrong decisions at the time. Yeah. Um, which at the time you thought that was the right decision. Yeah. And they're going to happen along yeah. the way, so don't don't be too fearful of that. Just learn from them as yeah. you go, and then yeah, hang on, stay adaptable, and, and keep moving forward. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: I think adaptability in this industry. I mean, we've seen how much change have we seen in this industry in the last twelve months. But particularly, you know, even in WA right now, we can't even leave the state still. No, that's right. So. That's right the adaptability especially i'm sure you know obviously you are working in wa but just having counterparts in other states and not being able to communicate in person mm. that has a lot of thresholds but it, it and even you know last year during COVID, you probably couldn't even travel outside of the perf bubble so yeah. that would have been difficult and i guess that's given a lot of businesses a lot of different ways to do things has that allowed for you guys to adapt in any different ways have you changed some of the stuff that you're doing because of COVID, or was that just a period of time where you were like, you know what, we just have to change things for the for right now, but we'll go back to doing things how they were?
1: Um we didn't have to change too much. Yeah. Um being in Ag, you know, we were still
0: Essential service. Es- essentially
1: a service, yeah, yeah. We could we could we we're able to go out, but you know, we this is where we really tried to focus on having local local partners in areas. Yeah. And like we said before, it comes down to the quality of the person. If people can relate to them, yeah. You know, that that's that's what they want. They want to deal with someone they can relate to and they get along with and they trust. And you and I both know like farmers can be some of the half toughest toughest people in the world to try and connect are. with. Um but, <laughs> once, but once you get through that you know that first tough layer you know generally they are just genuine people country yeah, people yeah,
0: yeah yeah for sure i think once you build that rapport it's pretty easy to like then you know work on what you're doing and, and relate that back to them yep obviously we've talked a lot about um you know your business and working with employees working with your family i would love to know what you see for the future of your business and sort of what, what are you working on now? Where are you seeing things going and the adaptability and have you had any more insights since COVID about what you're wanting to do to, you know, are you creating a bigger company? Like what are you wanting to do?
1: Yeah. Oh, the idea is not to, not to get too big. Yeah. No, no. We want to try and stay small. Yeah. Um, but in doing so, you know, helping and supporting our network partners yeah. and helping them grow their businesses yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so most of them are just sole traders, essentially yeah. what I was doing Yeah. before this. Um, but they're they're essentially reps reps for us in yeah. their areas. Yeah. Um, but they don't you know they don't just service the gear they also sell the gear so people can yeah. go to them they're like a mini dealership. Yeah. In a way but they're a small business. Yeah. Which you don't get in a lot of towns now you know no. you know it's quite yeah. it's quite corporatised now there's only really some you know three or four main um, dealerships around yeah. that that sell the gear which is a little bit monopolised so yeah. if you can go to your local local mechanic say in town and say oh mate look I need a sprayer. Yeah. You know what? What can we do with this? Yeah. Or can we fix this? Or can we get parts for this? And, and they can um, provide a service for you there. Then I think we're achieving something, and that's what we want to try and build on.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that COVID one thing has really pointed out the local service. I think people are more inclined to work with local people rather than those big dealerships now because they see the value in that. Do you mm. think that that has actually supported you guys in building more business?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah. 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 I think. I, yeah. I think it's also they they want to support them. Yeah, You know, if, yeah. if it's someone they know and they, they relate to and, you know, they're coming out and they're not just working on one one thing on their farm, they're working on three or four different bits of gear, you know, yeah. then it is helping them, yeah. Yeah, yep. for
0: sure. And I think that that's that value in, you know, as much as we can advertise and you and I were just talking about social media and how important it is, word of mouth in agriculture is the biggest value add like that is probably how you've seen your business grow so much i think that once a farmer or a person who works with you has a testimonial about your business and speaks to somebody else that's huge yeah I mean, that's small right small towns
1: yeah 100
0: there's nothing better there's, there's absolutely nothing nah, better. there's no
1: there's no far reach than that yeah you know someone going down to the local pub or footy club or golf club and and saying oh geez we met these guys and that we got along well with them is, is the best advertising you can have. A
0: hundred percent. For you in your business when you started, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people ask me this, but I would love to did you have a business plan or like did you go, you know what, here I'm planning out the next five to ten years of my life. There's obviously no right or wrong answer. Or did you go, you know what, this is my idea, let's just give it a crack. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Yeah. That, um yeah. we like we did have a business plan. We put one together. Yeah. Um, very quickly moved away from it.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so just sort of had to keep trying.
0: Is that because of adaptability? Because like you yep. were like, oh yeah, we're going to do this, but actually, this is actually better.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because what I was saying before, like some decisions you end up working out are, is probably the wrong decision. Yeah. And then you go, well, that wasn't right. Maybe yeah. we should do something else there. Yeah. Or we'll move this direction, or. Um. So it's sort of just. I mean, we've still, like I said, we've we've set them, set our morals and our values, so we yeah. know what we stand for and yeah. what we want to achieve. Yeah. Um. It's just how we get to that.
0: It's yeah. changing
1: constantly, yeah. you know, so yeah. you have to be able to stay adaptable.
0: I think with the future of agriculture as well, uh, you know, so much is changing. We're talking about carbon farming. We're talking about sustainable farming. We're talking about regen ag and so many things where these things are going to be implemented and then, you know, the National Farmers Federation are going to be saying we're um, zero net emissions by 2030 or 20... I don't know. It keeps getting extended. Yeah. But there's so much jargon out there that it's like we don't really know what farmers are going to be doing in five years like we know they're going to be cropping but we don't you know it could completely cha- like, things change yeah. so quickly yep and to be adaptable like you're saying is so important in business and i think that's half the reason a lot of people are afraid is because they're like oh i've got to plan this and this but you don't really do you
1: oh well not not really i guess well you, if you you've prepared to yeah, yeah
0: if you're you've i think you've got to be um agile though yeah like You've got to be able to take the gamble. You've You've got got to be able able to, yeah, put the money, you know, in the pot and just say, let's give it a crack
1: yep, yep. Ba- well, that's what right. you would have done <laughs> like
0: you just say you know what we've got to spend this money we've got to go and do this because if we don't we're not going to know either way yeah
1: that's right back ourselves yeah yep.
0: Uh, yep. well and I mean you need money to do anything these days so that's yep. basically backing yep. yourself that's so you've right. Got, you've got to invest that's if, right yep. like you wouldn't have gone out with nothing to show for it you would have said you know we're going to buy this as a something and we're going to do this and yep. then you know show people how we're doing this and then it would have just led on Twitch but you can't just go you know what we're just going to start and hope for the best with nothing there to show for it
1: no that's right. Yeah. that's right you've you've
0: got to give it a crack with that what challenges do you think have been the biggest for your business since you started
1: um challenges staff staff's always hard
0: is that because you're wanting people who have that ag understanding or you're needing them to have certain skills
1: yeah a bit of both um but then you've, you know, you've got to compete with like mining companies yeah. at the moment and yeah. wages and it's yeah. bloody hard work. Yeah, um, well,
0: twice above award pretty much, aren't they? That's and right. that's hard yeah. for you to compete yeah. with. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So what you sell is a lifestyle. And I think, I suppose it sort of ties back into your question before too, like that's probably one thing that COVID has shown everyone, how yeah. adaptable we have to be and flexible we have to be as an employer. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, which we are, like I think going to the days where you should, especially like a an office job, you should have to be in there, you know, eight till five. Yeah, um, agree. I agree. I think your trades obviously is one you have, you probably have to be there. Yeah. But if you can also be flexible with them with, you know, picking the kids up from school or, or going to school concerts and having days off here and there, or, or working from home if they can, or, yeah. or being on the field, whatever. Whatever works, I think that's super important and, and that's, that's something we try and capitalize on.
0: Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think that flexibility now allows for you to provide a more environment for work-life balance because that's for something sure, in yeah. agriculture that we have never really had exposure to i'm sure you would be a lot much like me that you know we grew up with parents that just worked all day all night and th- there's no such thing as work-life balance so if we can start to implement that in other areas of agriculture to sort of put that back into ag industry i think we're going to create a better industry as a whole
1: yep yeah. yep yeah the better your work-life balance is the better you, you are physically the better you are mentally and the better you are going to be at work at yeah. your
0: job yeah. yeah i think that that's so important and i think more people need to do that because you can't be good at your job if you're run down that's for sure no that's, that's right that's why yeah. i see you down at the beach
1: yeah that's why you see me down <laughs> the beach exactly that's my place yeah yeah, yeah i can yeah. tell
0: guys for those who don't know um i see dylan's you drive past he my local beach when i'm in perth all the time <laughs> he's a he's a regular <laughs> i'm a regular yeah yep. and before we wrap it up my last question is always what is your hope for the future of the agricultural industry
1: my hope for the future um i want to see i want to see local towns still have a footy club yeah i want to see local towns still have a pub um, yeah small businesses in the town numbers yeah. in the town schools still have kids yeah um it, it, yeah Sustainability. too often now you drive too often now we drive through small towns and there's just nothing there just yeah ran down yeah you know we like me and dad were only talking about it i think it was yesterday but it was about like you know you, you back in the day you used to go to the wheat bin and there used to be like 10 15 dodge trucks lined up with yeah. six ton of grain in them at a time <laughs> then they'd all pull up at the pub afterwards whereas now you know they're just 50 ton road trains rolling through um,
0: and it's like five loads a day plus it, yeah
1: that's yeah. that's right yeah. so so which which is all well and good because that's just progressive farming because you know farming is moving in that direction mm-hmm. but it's still you know there's still um, smaller businesses around and, and um, other areas of the community that should be able to prosper from that
0: 100% yep. and what is your part in that do you have a big plan or yes you do but you're not going to tell me no, on
1: air I, I told you before <laughs> the best plan is no plan <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know that you've got more to say than that, but we'll leave it until next time. <laughs> if people want to get in touch or learn more about you, where yep. are the best places to go?
1: Um, oh, just pick up the phone, give us a call if you like. Yeah. You know, we try to, in all of our advertising, we try to promote, we're not just sales, you know, we're happy just to have a chat to people and, yeah. and tell them about what what our plan is and what we're doing. So yeah. they, they can always go to our website. We've got a website um, and that's just cneaginnovations.com.au. Otherwise, and yeah. And
0: you're all across socials too?
1: We're right across the socials, yeah. Yeah, yep. which yep. I always say and love. I always like your stuff. Yep. <laughs> it's so good.
0: I love when companies are across social, obviously. Yep. Um. Yes. you guys Except have for a-
1: TikTok. We haven't got quite on the TikTok oh, you've yet. You've said it now. I'm expecting yeah. Yeah, videos. Yeah, things. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's in the pipeline.
0: Dylan, thank you so much <laughs> for this chat. I'm so excited. You guys are obviously... Doing amazing things it's so exciting to watch another business grow and create amazing things so thank you so much for having me
1: no no worries thanks for having me
0: thank you so much for listening to this episode of generation ag we hope you loved it if you did don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.